Welcome to the Child Free Wealth Podcast, hosted by Bree and Dr. J, Certified Financial Planner. Here we discuss life and finances as it relates to being child free. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your advisor before implementing any ideas heard on this podcast. Hey, Child Free Wealth listeners. Today is a, I don't know, landmark, I guess, for us. It's our 50th episode. Actually, I've done 50 episodes ish, and Bree's done, you know, like half of those. There are I'm seven. Bree, can- I think. <laughs> Bree's in the relaunch, and we've taken turns by this 50th episode. What started off as Child Free Life and Money became the Child Free Wealth Podcast. And we thought we'd take you a little behind the scenes, kind of talk about kind of where we got there, who we are, a little bit of that. We first actually recorded this episode at FinCon, which is a conference for financial nerds, the influencers, all that. And the audio was so bad that we get to do it again. We were trying to get you a live show, but uh, turns out I do not know the technology well enough, or Bree doesn't. I don't know which one of us, though that didn't work. Yeah. But you would not have to listen to it. The background noise yeah, is no. so loud. But here's the thing FinCon was actually the first time Bree and I met in person. Mm-hmm. We've been working together for most of the year in different ways. And we, my company's designed to be remote. Everybody, Works wherever. I'm in Mississippi. She's somewhere in the Midwest. And we had never actually met. So it was our first time meeting in person. So, Bree, what do you think about meeting in person? Okay. Like, she's laughing at me already. Like, I can't even get the question out. I don't know. Like, it's just very different when you meet somebody in person after you've seen them on a screen for months and months and months. And you're like, oh, I have this idea in my head. And then, you're like, oh, are they gonna like? Are they gonna match that, or are they not? And yeah. So did I match or not? Did I catfish you? I mean, like, no. is that what you're saying? No, you're you're much quieter in person, which I think would surprise a lot of people because you're not like you don't come across that way at all. But then, yeah, meeting you in person, you're substantially quieter than I expected. What the heck does that mean? Well, the whole introvert extrovert thing. Yeah, we were in the same room together. He's like, oh, I saw you earlier. I saw the back of your head, and then you went off and were talking to somebody. What'd you want me to do? Jump over the, the aisles and say hi? I don't know. I was just, It was just different. Like, I don't know. It's very different because, you know, all we see each other is, like, elbows up, basically. And then we're like, oh, actually in person. Like, you are a real person. I can see you. I don't know. Yeah, by the way, so for, like, for most of the year... Bree's wife thought I wasn't a real person. At least she figured out I'm a real person. But like, see, here's what you're missing, Bree. I had said early on that you're an extrovert and you didn't believe me. Here's the difference between introverts and extroverts. Introverts turn it on, they'll do their thing, and then they want to go into their little hole. And I I actually had a problem with FinCon. I I mean, I had a real serious kind of almost anxiety attack. The all the social networking was in the middle of the all the all the trade floor, and it was so loud and so many people. Like, I'm good with a couple people, two, three people having a conversation. It was always, like, way too many to the point where I had to, like, go hide for a little bit. It was in New Orleans, so what do you expect? A whole bunch of people being loud and obnoxious. But the introvert nature is, hey, we turn it on when we have it, and then we have to go recharge. You were just, like, always on, bouncing around. Like, she's, like, all over the place at all these parties. And I'm like, cool, that's a skill you have that I do not have. Is that fair? Yes and no. Like, I went up to my room a couple of times between things and be like, okay, I just need to sit here in silence for 10 minutes and then go back out. Yes. I was definitely out more than you were, for sure. 
especially just by even the times we like went to bed. Mine was not never before midnight. I was asleep by nine. Okay. But that's maybe because I'm old. But I actually had somebody I, I ran into at the conference and I saw him one day. We got to know each other. And then I see him for two days. I saw him then. I'm like, what happened? He's like, yeah, me and some friends went out a little too hard and I lost yesterday. I was like, okay. <laughs> we were two, three blocks from Bourbon Street. So, you know, right in the middle of the party. I want to reflect on FanCon, but I also want to reflect on where we've been as, as a podcast. If you're looking for this episode to be one of those with a, like a message to teach you, this is not going to be the one. This was just going to be us talking about what it's like to talk about child-free finances and, and in the community. One of my ahas from the conference was there actually were a lot of child-free folks doing financial, like, influencer-type stuff, making content, but they're not talking about themselves being child-free. Did you see that? Yeah, there's a, quite a few that I follow who are child-free but just don't really talk about it, and... I think part of it, too, is like it's not really a thought how it's different. Somebody had asked me because they're like, oh, yeah, you're speaking on Friday. I was like, that's not me. That's Dr. J. And they're like, oh, well, well did you start? It? I was like, no. And honestly, like I wouldn't have not because I don't like the work because I actually really enjoy it, but simply because I never would have thought about it and thought about the differences. So I'm wearing a shirt that says child free wealth on it. And I'm in the I'm in the elevator, and these three women are there. They go, they read the shirt. They go, oh, that's a great idea. And I'm like, huh? They go, between us, we have 14 kids, literally, the three of them. And I'm like, well, at least I just brought the average down in this elevator, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, but they were like, yep, in hindsight. <laughs> and I did a session on what is it like to be child free and child free finances, and we will air that later on. We're we're waiting for the audio and the video to come through, and. I talked to an audience about child-free finances and it, by pure luck, the whole audience, I mean, 95% of it was child-free folks. And I started talking about the differences and dying with zero and not retiring and long-term care and all this. And they were like, I never thought about, and they just like literally going, they're financial gurus. And they're like, I never thought about how much it changes. And then I'm also, they're like, okay, now I've shown it to you. And they're like, they kind of did the same thing. Breaches. They were like, why did I ever think of that? And what it is, is all of the financial stuff has kids so built in that it's like, you just can't see it. Like you're watching, walking around the, the vendor hall, the software all has it built in. The structures, the whatever. And my favorite was the people trying to sell me software to get my clients to take on more debt. That was funny. That just ain't happening. But like, yeah, there are all these things about you know, debt and student loans and saving for college and family structures and other things all have it built in. And I think somebody told me, I, I had asked for advice because I'm always looking at how to get the message out better and how to get on podcasts and other things. And somebody said to me the other day, I think you're just ahead of the curve. And I'm like, how? Like there's 25% of the US are child free. How can we be so far ahead? But what do you think? You were... And just for context, these are all the influencers. If we named them off, you'd recognize them. They're all the TikTok and Instagram or whatever the social crap that's on there. And they're 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 the people you listen to. Bree's laughing at me because, of course, I'm old. But are we just that far ahead? Or do I mean, what am I missing? I think for the longest time, you know, finances 
has always been you do it this way, you do it this way, like learn for your parents. Why don't we learn this in school and different things like that? That when you start learning, there's not a lot of information out there asking you about your life. And to be fair, I don't think that even like my parents necessarily thought about what do I want for my life, not what did my parents want for my life. And that can be hard because if you are following the standard life plan, like living the life that your parents want you to have, then you're not necessarily going to be thinking about what it is that you want to have and coming up with different ideas and how things can change. It's almost like we're completely overlooked. And part of it is we don't have data. So I went and there's all these networking meetings. You meet with all these like big brands and stuff. And I met with this group that does financial research. So this is like a big group. They have lots of money. Uh, it's an endowment doing research. And I said to them, I said, hey, have you looked at child-free folks at all? And the person I was speaking to first is actually child-free. And he's like, nope, we haven't. I was like, okay, your research is informing financial education. So look at it. There's kind of, what? So I'm at this breakfast meeting and there's another person from the organization there. They said, well, we ask a question about, do you have dependents? He said, well, we look at dependents. I said, well, dependents is the question of, do you have a kid in the house that's dependent on you? And he goes, yes, that's child-free. I'm like, no, like that's different. That's, do you have a kid in the house? Child-free is you don't have kids. You're not playing on kids. And we went around and around and around. And he said, well, we ask, do you have dependent? That's good enough. Then his argument was, I don't think there's enough child-free folks to actually look at the data on. And by the way, go ahead and say that to me. And you like, the steam just started rolling off my head. And I'm like, it's 25% of the data. Okay. Like there's enough. And he's like, well, we started nerding out for a second, but I got him there. I said, it's kind of like the gender question. You've changed your gender question over time. Or does it just say male, female? He goes, no, it says, you know, a, a spectrum. I said, cool. Ask the same thing about kids. Do you have kids? Are they in the house? Are you ever going to have kids? Do you ever plan on having kids? And he goes, I think we do that. And I met one of their boss and I walked, this was like my project for the whole week. And by the end, I think they're at least looking at it. And my point was, if we can get data that starts looking at child-free versus not, we can actually start looking at like, they're doing a, a study on, are people, do people trust banks and retirement and different things? And we can actually get some data. The other one there though, he got in my face a little bit and he's like, look, we're asking about now state. And I'm like, yes, your point. And he's like, well, child free is not a now state. I go, yes, it is. Because we're not kids. Yeah, we're not planning on having them. He says, well, but, and he started to kind of go like, well, what if you change your mind routine? And you want to see me really get mad? Go ahead and pull that one out. Oh, yeah. I've I seen that. <laughs> You've got to honor our life. Whether it's choice or not, doesn't matter. We're not having kids ever. Don't make an assumption we're going to change. And it's kind of like a moment. And it's funny because he has kids and one of the other people didn't have kids. And, and the person who was child free is like nodding, going, uh, uh, uh. And I'm like, come on. So I'm over here, like, I'm losing my mind about one question on a research study. But the reason is it's representation. Because if they start asking the question about us, then we exist. Now, Bree said I was quiet. I was not quiet then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fired up. Yeah. When you got fired up a couple of times, I saw you were like very like, I don't know. <laughs> don't light the fuse. Yeah. 
I'm watching out for my people in my mind. And if I went to the conference, the only thing I, I succeeded in doing was getting a question added to a survey, I would consider that a huge success. What do you think, Bree? I mean, is it worth the fight? I mean, should we be having these discussions? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just off on my own little land. I don't think that it, anything was wrong with having conversation and discussion because it's really helpful to learn from other people. And I mean, l- life is different and just asking those things and like having good, thoughtful conversation between the two is helpful. I'm much more like we had an instance at the conference where somebody came up and was talking to us and I was much more just like, OK, yeah, you know, we'll converse. And- OK, they were crazy. They were not. Oh, no. You got to get. They were not. They were judging the entire U.S. system and saying we got everything wrong. Well, I mean. I mean, we might, but. You can't really argue with that. Okay. My interpretation was I thought Brie was stuck in a conversation she didn't want to be in. That was not Brie's interpretation. No, not at all. I was like, I'm totally fine. Because at the end, he was like, hey, let's go. And I turned out, I was like, okay. I was like, talk to you later. Bye. And I'm like, uh, yes, boss, in a very like sarcastic attitude. He was like, well, weren't you trying to get out of it? I'm like, no, I'm fine. It, I'm totally fine. But I think it also came from comes from the fact that like growing up and the people I know, I don't agree with a lot of their opinions, but I can understand how they got there and understand all of that. So for me, I actually enjoy talking to people who I don't necessarily agree with because it's really fun to get that. And I was like, the, this person, though ended up saying something about a specific painting in the Midwest and like I connected with it and that was really fun. So I was having a good conversation there. Yes, did they have some judgments about things? Yes. Were they necessarily wrong? No. <laughs> I misread the situation. Okay. I, I freely admit that. But I also was like, really? You're going to stay here in this conversation? All right. Have fun. I think the interesting thing when you're talking to people that are making financial content is there's a lot of good, a lot of opinions. There are a lot of crazy opinions, and that's okay. It's okay to have a little bit. There are probably many people at the conference that thought we have a crazy opinion for even talking about child free. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And I think that sometimes those are the conversations that best challenge your ideas and your thoughts, and you grow the most from that versus people you always agree with. So what'd you learn from FinCon? What I learned from FinCon? That I really just missed being in person for different work things. It's fun. <laughs> that was one thing. There were a lot of people that I never... Either people I had heard about and were following for a while, talked to, and then people who I'd never heard of before. But now I'm like, wow, you have really have a good perspective. I went to a lot of like the financial therapy things because for me, I tend to be pretty black and white when it comes to finances. And there are certain things like I'm emotional about. But overall, I don't really like emotions as a person in whole, like went to therapy for seven years. And I could tell you my therapist to this day would say, Brie hates talking about feelings. It's just I don't enjoy it. It's very uncomfortable for me. It's like a safety net to not talk about it. Some of the financial therapy things really helped me have a more empathetic path or way of thought. That's fair. I think one of the interesting side weird things for me that I learned from there, they did a screening of a document called This Is Not Financial Advice. By the way, Bree didn't get to that because she was too busy out partying. I was at a ghost tour and networking. Thank you. Okay, she calls it networking, but she was out on the ghost tour. All right, we'll link to the documentary. It actually talks about a lot of different things, but it's really about crypto and pro the Doge and Dogecoin and taking advice off of the internet and all that. And they kind of recorded it in the middle of the 
boom of, of Dogecoin and they talked to people and they showed their real life examples, good, bad, and ugly. And then they had a panel after having the discussion. And the panel was three people from the movie and the director. Brother Doge was there and he was talking about that he lived and different things. And now they're talking about being influencers and using, making money there and selling products. Then there's like two people that are influencers. And the other one's like, yeah, I just do boring investments and invest in real estate and stocks. And it was really interesting to see the difference between them. It's one of those like, I was like, ooh, everybody needs to watch this. And they're doing a huge program to help people in schools, you know, kids learn about how to look at information on the internet and figure out if it's useful or not, if it should be financial advice or not, really. And it's a really good debate because the question really is, as financial influencers, which I guess we count as it really bothers me if we call this that, but all right, let's call it that. What is our responsibility? So we are, you know, Bree and I, we are an investment advisor registered. We're part of our SEC registered investment advisory firm. We are regulated. We can't say certain things. We can't do a lot of things the influencers do. We have a set of rules. People that are not registered can do whatever they want. Now, by the way, they can also get caught for it. I was like, you know, they, do whatever they, they want, asterisk. Can't really do whatever they want, but... But they are doing it. But they are, yeah. Until somebody gets caught. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it one of the Kardashians just get smacked for the crypto something or another? Like, oh, there's been a whole bunch things. of those. Yeah. Yeah. This documentary really dives into this discussion. And whether you believe in crypto or not, doesn't matter. It was really an interesting perspective on the information we get and how we use it. And if you haven't seen it yet, grab it. I think they were going on Amazon and Apple or something like that. Yeah, December 1st. So this podcast will be out a couple weeks early, but I'll put it the website in the notes anyway. Yes, take a look at it. It's definitely a way to go. All right, Bree, that's our FinCon wrap-up. But we've been doing this podcast now for most of the year. You've been hanging out with me for most of the year. What's your aha in your past year? I mean, let's take people behind the scenes and thoughts, questions. I think that people might be surprised at how much like we discuss after every single meeting, we go through what worked, what didn't work, what we do differently. And as we've gone along, like I'll give you answers, but you'll be like, no, deeper. No, keep going. Keep going. You're on the right path, but keep going. And just the amount of like analysis we do over how meetings go and how to work with clients it is substantially more than I ever thought I would get in training, I guess. Yeah, Bree's hiding the lead. So so when this comes out, it'll be about a month before she's going to become a child-free wealth specialist and start taking her own clients January 1st. And if you listen to this after January 1st, then you should sign up to work with, with Bree. But she's been part of the training program and really my first development of another child-free wealth specialist. We've been picking apart every single client, every single financial plan, everything, every content we do different things and Bree is finally at a point now where she tells me like shut up you're stupid like that that's not working which is good that is part of the intent of the plan we, we were having an argument yesterday about a client and i wouldn't have said that or i would have said this and you know that's okay that's part of what we're doing and really trying to build a planning structure and a process that doesn't exist for child-free folks yeah is that fair that's fair and i think it's also fair to say like we are like welcome to feedback and criticism getting better because we'll both tell each other if we think something's dumb like why'd you do that 
come on now. And I'm not afraid to say anything to you that's helpful. And I don't think that's necessarily always the case in a lot of places. Yeah. And I have no problem admitting what I've got wrong. You know, right now I've got a struggle. So I'm working on uh, my second book and the notes come back from the editor in the book's about child-free life and finance. It's called The Child-Free Guide. And the question was, and I, I posed this to Bree, was, okay, cool, we're talking about finance. And the editor's like, yeah, watch your privilege. And it's really bothered me. Um, it's something, it's been a couple of weeks I've been working this through, and Bree's kind of like, suck it up. But <laughs> Yeah, I basically gave him that feedback at one point. I was like, move on now. Yes, you've acknowledged it, move on. And part of it is because I grew up with nothing. Yes, I'm a white male, I have a privilege, comes with it, but I grew up broke. So I don't know. I look at it through a different lens and, and I'm like, how do you talk about in finance, how to get better, how to improve without stepping over the privilege lines and different things. And Bri and I have been having this discussion and we added some stuff to the book, made some adjustments, but she's like, yep, just acknowledge it and move forward. Is that fair? Yeah. That's basically what I said. Cause like the content of the book is not necessarily a, like there's a very stark difference between can't pay your bills every month, struggling to keep your lights on, different things like that. And then a lot of the more advanced planning that we do. Just we are a financial planning firm. Frankly, it's a lot more advanced than it's not the very, very beginner stuff. We have some of that out there, but that is not what we focus on. And the content of the book doesn't really focus on that either. It talks about it, but it's not the primary focus in, in the part where like this was acknowledged. It was like, okay, you've acknowledged it continue on keep going because at some point we have to accept that like there are people who have different levels of privilege and i mean we have people who are younger than i am who are substantially more well off than i am and yes i grew up with a lot of privilege but i also can't sit here and be upset by the people that i see who are doing better than me as well like you can be upset to a point but then you gotta keep going and keep trying to do things for yourself there are systemic issues all of that yes income disparities but it's not the, just the context, like, trying to like say this and not give away the book, just the context of it was like, continue, keep going. Yeah. And I think one of the surprising things to people, yeah, we're doing feedback, we're trying to help, we're trying to grow each of us. But I think you'd be surprised by how much we put our heart and soul into each one of our clients. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Like we'll send things as we see them, you know, that will fit people. Okay, no, no. I'm like, going deeper, okay? No, no, like, literally, we'll have, we'll have, we'll have after-meeting discussions where we're tears or near tears. I mean... Okay, I'm starting at the surface level, and then we're going deeper. Surface right. and then structure there. Isn't that what you say to me? It is. Okay, yes. There are some meetings that, frankly, we've turned off the camera, and then there have been tears on our end, just because we definitely feel for people. And really, sometimes they'll be like, I... I just need to take a break. Like I got to go out and go for a walk or do something to before the next one, because that was really hard. And I, th you want to get pre fired up, ask her about fees. Like we all, we each have our own like things that we get fired up about, you know, and we have this back and forth. And I think that's good. I think at some point, each of the child free wealth specialists are working under child free wealth. will have like a specialty or a niche or a, an area they focus in on. Bree doesn't want to focus. She wants to help everybody, but I'll work on that with her. It's like, we are putting our heart and souls into trying to help people through their life and finances. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. And that's hard. And I think the other one I'm struggling with right now is, all right, there's 250 million or so adults in the U.S., 50 million or so are child-free. 
how do we help 50 million people? And we can't. And Bree's like, suck it up. And I'm like, no, I want to help everybody. I have never said that in regards to helping people. I just, like, as much as we want to help everybody, you know, there comes a point where we're also talking about living a life you enjoy and doing things like, do I enjoy my work? Yes. But do I also enjoy a lot of things outside of work that I want to keep doing? And yes, like I enjoy traveling and somehow we always record these the day before I go on a trip too. That's what I've thought. Like I enjoy doing those things and going out and seeing people and I don't want to give that up either because I don't want to sacrifice my entire self. And I think I've seen that happen by people where they sacrifice their entire selves to help others. And I think maybe if you're listening, you've probably seen that in other people too. And that's not necessarily what you want for yourself. And it's hard to find that balance between being there and being helpful for people. I might not, not like talking about feelings, but I do feel the feelings. That balance is just difficult. Yeah, and Bree's doing her best to try to help me with that. The problem is when you own a company and you run it, like there is no balance. I'm going to get better at some point. I promise. I just it, It's always hard because I want to do more than we can right now. And we get, we're actually staffing up. We'll be introducing you to some new people joining the team and all that. But it's one of those things where... Once you see how much need is out there, it becomes overwhelming. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we had to close down the intro calendar for a while just because we had so many meetings and we'd get to the end of the day and be exhausted. Like, we're just working with so many people and we love it and it's really fun to work with everybody. But at the same time, we need to make sure we protect our energy and ourselves so that way we can keep doing this for the long term. That's fair. All right, Bree, what is the biggest surprise you got this year? You know, so we've been working together most of the year. Now you've met me. We've been working together to do this podcast. What's the biggest surprise? I think just how much, like how quickly I've gone from saying, oh, I want to do this. And now this is what I'm doing and really enjoying it and loving it. And this is a hard question. My goodness. I think my overall picture of finance is probably changing. Because I used to be very traditional, and now it's not so traditional. We brought you over to the dark side, I guess. Yes, good way to say it. Yeah, I mean, we, I I feel bad for Bria sometimes because she got thrown in the deep end, and she's been learning from the fire hose. But I've also gotten lucky to see you know, she's been working with a couple clients now, and watching her and watch her grow. So I'm very excited for those of you that are listening. If you're looking for somebody to help with their finances. Sign up. Bree started to take clients in January. We have an intro meeting, no cost. You get an hour with Bree and see if she fits. I'm still watching over her shoulder, but uh, we got to, yeah, she's there to help. So we can now have two of us helping. We're going to have a third coming and we're starting to staff up. That way we can help more and more child free folks. Get your place. Also, if you haven't done it yet, share the podcast, like, subscribe, all that stuff you're supposed to do. I don't know what it is, but like the, the social media things, leave a review, those. especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, what Bree said. Um, <laughs> and we're trying to get the word out to all the child-free folks that, hey, things are different. We're doing that in all at FinCon and the different events everywhere we can. So we appreciate your help in getting the word out. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a rating or review. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Follow Child Free Wealth on social media or email us at podcast at childfreewealth.com. If you're interested in working together, learn more by visiting our website, www.childfreewealth.com. We'll see you next time.